The title of the message this morning is Encourage One Another. Would you please say that with me? Encourage One Another. We welcome those that are joining us on television. Thank you for being part of this. And uh, may you be encouraged as you listen to this message. Church, can we put our hands together and just welcome those listening? Great. Welcome to you. Encourage one another. Now, I'd like to, as a way of introduction, I'd like to say that I believe that we are, listen carefully, living in the last of the last days. I wonder how many of you agree with that. Surely there can't be too much time left before Jesus Christ returns. As you look at things going around, on around us in the world, I have an increasing sense of expectation, and the Bible encourages us that we would live as those who are expecting and ready for Christ's return. But here's the thing, it's actually not so easy to live in these last days as a believer. Have you ever thought about that? It's not so easy, because there's more and more hostility towards Christians. There's persecution. From the world, there's a hatred of what is good. There's also a refusal to be confronted with biblical truths. The world does not want to hear biblical truths and biblical principles from Christians. They seem to hate it, don't want to hear it. I was listening to a popular talk radio station the other day, and one of the callers phoned in, and, and he made reference to the Bible. And the DJ, or the presenter, shot him down unceremoniously and made him sound like the biggest idiot that he would even reference the Bible. And when this was happening, I just, I was grieved in my heart. I can just imagine how God would have been grieved in his heart. Now, I do believe the caller who phoned in could have handled it better. But nonetheless, there is a tendency in the world, don't talk to us about any of your truths that you talk about from the Bible. I want to tell you, there is no higher authority under heaven than the Word of God. And we need to know that. But it is not so easy to live in these end times. And just this month, Greg Laurie, some of you might know he's a popular evangelist. He's kind of what Angus Buckham is to South Africa, is what he is to America. So he was gearing up for a massive harvest event in California. Usually they have about 90 to 100,000 people coming to this event. But you know what? Persecution arose, and he was forced and pressurized to remove billboards in the surrounding area of where they were going to have this massive event. He was forced to remove billboards of him, depicting him holding a Bible. Can you believe that? It's indicative of the times that we are living in. In Thessalonians, Paul speaks to the church, and he's talking about the end times, and he tells them, listen, you guys, we must not sleep. He's writing to the Thessalonians. We'll get into the scripture in a moment. He says, don't sleep, but you and I, we need to watch and we need to be sober and we need to pray. In these end times, we mustn't be asleep. We must be watchful. But then Paul gives this all-important advice to the, the church at Thessalonica, and he says this, encourage one another. Say that with me, please. Encourage one another. You know, it would seem that in the end times, the church of Jesus Christ is going to have to be more and more the place of encouragement. And you and I are going to have to encourage each other more and more. 
It speaks in Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, that we must, mustn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together because that's where we get encouragement. And it says then, encourage one another all the more as you see the day of Jesus' return coming closer. So I want to tell you, encouragement must and will increase in the church in these last days so that we can stand strong. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8 to 11. It's on your screen. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, now this is Paul writing to the Thessalonians. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Now, this verse, in bold, verse 11, it says, Therefore, I'd like to say, because of the wonderful future that we have, not of wrath, but of salvation, and being in the glorious presence of God, therefore, because of our hope, comfort each other. And then it says, and edify one another. That's what we're talking about today. Encourage one another. Edify one another just as you also are doing. Maybe the Lord would be saying the same thing as he was saying to Thessalonica, that he would be saying the same thing to choose life today. He says, you're already doing it. You're encouraging each other. But God's saying, keep on doing it all the more. Don't stop. You're doing it. Keep on doing it. Encourage one another. So in verse 11, you see that word edify. Maybe not the most contemporary word. Other translations use encourage. Some say build. Some say exhort. Some say strengthen. But get a load of this. This is what God wants you and me to do to fellow believers. God wants you and I to strengthen, to help, to encourage, to lift up, to edify, to exhort. This is what we are called to do as God's people. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. And in verse uh, 11 in the message translation, it says, So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope. Speak encouraging words. Can I ask you, do you speak encouraging words? I trust you do. The same verse, verse 11 in the Amplified, it says the following, therefore encourage, and then it says in brackets, admonish, exhort one another, and edify, in brackets, strengthen and build up one another, just as you are doing. You know, it is so common nowadays to criticize and break down people. It's more prevalent in the world, it's almost become more acceptable you just speak your mind, you just vent, you just let it out, you break down people, you criticize people. It's less common to see people encouraging. I'm talking in the world in general. But yet encouragement is so needed and it is so appreciated. How many of you by a show of hands can say, John, I really like to be encouraged. Raise a hand if that's you. I'm sure everybody does. We all like to be encouraged and appreciated. And they say that you can accomplish more by encouraging someone's good points than by pointing out their shortcomings, their areas of weakness. There's a popular show. It's been on several years in television. It's called Idols. 
People want to sing and get to the top and win the, the idols competition and become well-known as a singer. Now, what's interesting is that the power of the words of the judges for these contestants. Now, I realize people, they're a sucker for punishment in coming onto the show in the first place, all right, because you're going to be told, and some people should just stay in the shower. They should never get out of the shower and sing. But, you know, still, people are there, and have you noticed how powerful the words of the judges are? Some judges can say something really harsh, really mean, really ugly, and it can destroy that person in a moment. Very powerful words. But it's amazing how positive reinforcement lifts people. One of those judgment sa judges says, you know what, you've actually got a, a phenomenal voice. It's the best I've heard in the competition so far. And you know what that does? It just excites them, because that's what encouragement does. Now... There are four things that I'd like to touch on, four points, and the, the last two will be shorter than the first two. Number one, we should cultivate the ministry of encouragement in our lives. Please say that with me. We should cultivate the ministry of encouragement in our lives. I would like to emphasize the word should. We should do this. Now, even though you may not have a natural flair for encouragement, you can cultivate it. You can do it. Anyone can. I don't believe that there's a single person in the family of God that can say, say, well, I don't need to give encouraging words. I believe for every one of us, we have a responsibility as part of the family of God to speak words of encouragement. Anyone can. And God's word encourages us to grow and excel in this area. In Hebrews 3, verse 13, in the NIV translation, it's on your screen, it says, encourage one another daily. <laughs> it would almost seem as though on our daily to-do list, if you have something like that on your phone or a piece of paper, it almost seems like we mustn't lose sight of the fact that we need to be regular encouragers. It's not okay to only when your child brings the report at the end of the year to encourage them, or once a term. Encouragement needs to be things, something that's happening on a regular basis. In terms of your wife, you can't just encourage your wife once a year, or on Valentine's Day, or something like that, you know? You heard the story of the guy who said to his wife, no, she keeps on saying, tell me you love me, tell me you love me. I told her when we got married, and if I change my mind, I'll let her know, you know? I want to tell you, listen, bro, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> you need to be regular. I tell my wife so much that I love her. She tells me so much. It's just wonderful. And so we need to be doing this daily, encouraging people around about us. Listen to what one theologian says. It's on your screen. Believers ought to build each other up in the faith. Even as one believer receives encouragement, he or she at another time will be in a position to offer it. The mutual giving and receiving in the body of Christ keep the church strong against the forces that attack it. God's people always need to stand together as they anticipate Christ's return. Now, every time you interact with somebody... There's one of two things that can happen. One, one thing is that you can discourage that person. And another, another thing is that you can actually lift them up. You can encourage them. 
And sometimes we forget that in our interactions, we have this ability. It's amazing that we can actually encourage. It's wonderful. We should do more of that. And so we don't want to discourage. We want to build people up. And the Apostle Paul, he says uh, to the Ephesians that you need to choose the latter. In other words, you need to choose to build people up. In Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary, say this next word, edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. It's amazing that the things that come out of our mouths can be things of grace, things of edification. What is encouragement all about? Now, the word encourage is divided into two parts. There's the word en, E-N, which simply means to put in. And then there's the word courage, which refers to confidence and strength. So encourage literally means to put courage into somebody. Imagine you are a mom and you've got your little... 11-year-old ballerina girl, and she's got to do her little ballet exam, and there's two girls in front of her doing the exam, and she's watching it. She's as nervous as can be, and then you say to her, listen, I want to tell you, I think that you are really good as a ballerina, and mommy knows how much you've been practicing. You're going to do so well. You know what? That's the mommy putting courage into the child. It might not take away all of the butterflies, but you know what? It's going to certainly help to place confidence and strength in that child. It's amazing the power of the words that come out of a parent's mouth into a child's heart and mind. It's amazing the power that parents have. Now, I think of myself, shortly before starting Choose Life Church, I remember I was apprehensive and I, I did lack confidence. I knew that God had spoken there was not a doubt about that, but I was still nervous. I lacked confidence. I was apprehensive. But I remember in that time talking to a few people, and I had a wonderful team around me called the task team, and they were believing in what the Lord was saying to me and where God was taking us. And you know what? These people around me, they were such a great source of encouragement. What did they do? In my time, when my legs were a bit shaky, they just put courage into me. But you know what? When you need courage spoken into you, make sure you go to the right people. Because there's also what you call Job's comforters. And they ain't no comfort at all. Go to the people who are going to speak life and hope. And so why is encouragement so emphasized in the Bible? Here it is. Because it is necessary for successful Christian living. Amen? Number two, encouragement breathes life into people's hearts. Please say that aloud with me. Encouragement breathes life into people's hearts. You know, encouragement kind of makes you feel a little bit of the following. It feels like I'm worthwhile. Encouragement makes me feel, well, we can do this. We're loved. We're blessed. God is with me. It makes me feel like I have a hope and a future. This is what encouragement does to your soul. Listen to this amazing statement by John Maxwell. He says, encouragement is oxygen for the soul. Wow. I want to tell you there's some of you that have been in an environment which has crushed you're crushed your spirit. It's taken all of the oxygen out of your soul, and you feel dead on the inside. 
And there might be some of you that God is wanting to take into a new season, into a new environment, and your soul will begin to breathe again. And you'll start to feel, man, I'm feeling alive again. Because you're in a place where you're not celebrated, but you tolerate it. I want to tell you, sometimes God does take you through a tough season like that, but ultimately, He will take you to places where your potential will be released and your soul can begin to breathe again. Come on, say amen. amen. Dr. Stephen Reiser makes this quote. He says, on your, it's on your screen. If you deprive a soul of oxygen, it shrivels and will not develop as God intended. Deprive a soul of encouragement and it will withdraw into its shell. Deprive a soul of encouragement, and it will live out a fearful existence. Deprive a soul of encouragement, and it will be incapable of encouraging others. It will be apathetic, cynical, pessimistic, and lethargic. And in extreme cases, it may even wish it were dead. Wow. So this just tells us that this is important. Not just a little bit important. I think of my dad, and... I remember my dad and mom being an encouragement to me through my life, and I can remember a couple of times in my life where my dad said these words. He said, son, I am proud of you. He said, mom and I are proud of you. Now, you know what that does to a 14-year-old who hears his dad, who he looks up to, and his mom saying, we are proud of you. I want to say to you, parents, more parents ought to be saying over your children, I am proud of you. Because they need the oxygen in their soul that comes from saying that. And you know what? There's even a biblical mandate for that because Father God said concerning his son that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. So take the example of Jesus. Speak life over your children. Tell them that you're proud of them. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So in other words, as you speak positively, listen to this, you are actually breathing life into people. That's why it's so important that teachers in classrooms are very careful about what they say over students. Because many have been crushed through the, words of a through the words of a teacher that have spoken damage, spoken negativity over people's lives. I want to tell you, realize what power is in your mouth and actually breathe life over people. Proverbs 10 verse 11 says the following, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. May it be said of you and I that that's the case. I think of the Apostle Paul, and I would say that the mouth of the Apostle Paul was a well of life. Do you notice, as we've been reading through the New Testament recently, do you notice how many times he encouraged the people of God? Many times he would start with this statement. He would say, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He would say, I don't stop giving thanks for you. I don't stop praising God for the good report that I'm hearing and keep on doing what you're doing. And he says, I'm gonna come visit you soon and I can't wait to be with you. You know what? Paul was an encouragement to the body. He's an example to me of being a fantastic pastor, apostle, leader, whatever. 
And I want to tell you, Paul's example is a good one for every one of us. Amen? Number three, some people have a spiritual gift of encouragement, yet we are all called to encourage. Do you know that God gives grace from heaven to certain people to encourage one another? Now, let's have a look at what the scripture says. It's Romans 12, verse 6 to 8. Are you with me, church? If you are, say amen. Amen. It says in Romans 12, verse 6, we have different gifts. Please say the word gifts. So God gives gifts from heaven. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. Now, here it is. If it is to encourage, this is talking about the gift of encouragement, then, for goodness sake, give encouragement. Sorry, I added in those words. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, perhaps as you looked and we read that scripture, There may have been a couple of you that actually began to sense, you know what, John? I actually think I've got the gift of encouragement. Maybe some of you have known it for some time. Maybe some of you have actually thought of it right now for the first time. And I pray that if God has given you that spiritual gift of encouragement, that right now your spirit just senses a witness. Let me ask you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you think that you may possibly... You may have the gift of encouragement. Raise a hand nice and high. Wonderful. Now, can I say to you, would you please do what verse 8 says and go ahead and give encouragement? You know why? Because we, the body of Christ, we need you. So please go ahead. Put your gift into action. Use your gift. Listen to the statement. It says, The gift of encouragement is a special ability to stimulate the faith of others. Can you say amen? Amen. On to our last point, point number four. New levels of encouragement will add growth and vibrancy to the church. I'd like you to all say this aloud with me. Here we go. New levels of encouragement will add growth and vibrancy to the church. Now, in the early church... There was a man by the name of Barnabas. He was actually not born Barnabas. He was born Joseph. But they began to nickname him Barnabas, and the name seems to stick, seemed to stick. And it appears that he was given the name Barnabas because this guy was just a tremendous encouragement to people. So much so that they gave him the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. So they just saw, this man is an encourager, we're going to call you Barnabas. Dude, that's your new name. And so there he goes around. He's now Barnabas. And in Acts chapter 11, we see the impact that he is making as an encourager in the church. Look at Acts chapter 11 and verse 12 to 25. It says, then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas. They began to hear, something's happening in Antioch. Okay, who are we going to send? We're going to send that guy, the big encouragement dude. Yeah, yeah, Barnabas. They sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. 
And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And then look at what he did. And encouraged them all. You know what? This was just part of his gift. Part of his DNA. He couldn't open his mouth without encouraging people. And so here he is. He encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue in the Lord. For he, this is Barnabas, was a good man. I believe one of the reasons why he was a good man is because he was an encourager. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. And then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. So here we see that this guy with this ability to encourage a special gift from God is encouraging the young church in Antioch. And what is the result? The result is new levels of vibrancy and growth in the church. The church is growing. The church is becoming more vibrant because of this man's gift. And I think to myself, what a blessing Barnabas was to the believers in his day. I pray that God would raise up more Barnabases in this local congregation. I pray that he would raise up more Barnabases in our nation of South Africa because the church of God needs encouragement. It so needs encouragement. And so the point is, listen to this, encouragement helps build the body of Christ. Let me tell you a story. My grandfather, his name was Reuben Rabit. He went to be the Lord in 1980. I was only six years of age at the time. But my grandfather, he was a devoted Baptist, man. He was hardcore. He helped to develop Sunday schools, which became, became churches. He was a lay preacher. He also helped build buildings, church buildings, where the church began together. So he was sold out to God, and he never missed church. And every Sunday, there was church twice on a Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. In those days, they didn't think you were saved unless you went to church twice on a Sunday. And so grandpa would go Sunday morning, Sunday night. But you know what happened is, one Sunday afternoon, my dad realized that his father was not getting ready for church on that Sunday night. And so my dad questioned him and, and said, Dad, why aren't you getting ready for church? And this is what my grandfather said. He said, I can't, I can't face another whipping from the pulpit tonight. <laughs> Talk about the ministry of encouragement in that church, golly. And so I want to say how sad that in that church that they became rebuke-focused instead of hope-focused. I want to tell you, the local church should be the place of the greatest hope and encouragement in the church, in the world. It should be the greatest place of hope and encouragement. Because it is Christ in you, the hope of glory and the hope of living a successful life right now. And so I want to say that my heart's desire is this church would not be a rebuke-focused church. Yes, there's times when you need to rebuke. But let me tell you, I believe that God is calling Choose Life to choose life and to be a hope-focused, a life-focused, a fruit-focused church in Jesus' name. And so let me just end off giving you a couple of practical ways in which we can encourage each other. 
I'm just going to list these eight ways just briefly. So you might be thinking, okay, I've heard the message. I want to be an encouragement in a greater way. What do I do? There are many things that you can do. These are a couple of them. Kind words, an affirmation, compliment, sincere thanks, body language, a cheerful look, a smile, a thumbs up. Another way in which you can encourage people is by physical touch. This is when this is appropriate. Give somebody a, a pat on the back, give them a hug, can mean so much. Assure someone of your prayers for them. But if you do that, please make sure you pray. <laughs> Some people say, I'm praying for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Another example is share an appropriate scripture. God's word is powerful. It doesn't return void. Share an appropriate scripture. Express appreciation. Maybe you could meet a practical need. And then lastly, speak faith into someone's potential. Speak faith and say, you know what? I believe you're going to be a great life group leader. Really, there's such potential. When you talk in the life group, I just see people listen as you talk and you talk about the word. And there's ways in which we can encourage one another. But let us do this. Let us encourage one another. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Amen. Let's stand as we pray. Wouldn't you take the hand of the person next to you, even across the aisles? Just take the hands of people around about you. And as I conclude, I'd like to give you this last scripture. Look at it. It's on your screen. Hebrews 10 verse 25. It says, let us encourage. That's what we've been talking about. One another. But then these words, all the more. All the more since you see that the day of the Lord is coming nearer. So I submit to you that encouragement has to grow in the end times, in the body of Christ, in order for us to remain strong. Let's close our eyes. Father, thank you for the word of God to us today. We receive your words. I pray for those that you have given a specific gift of encouragement, that they would begin to believe that they have that gift. And begin to exercise it. Raise up the Barnabases, Lord. In this church, in this city, in this country. Raise up the Barnabases. But then I pray for every single one of us, Lord. That you would remind us by your spirit. And tap us on the shoulder. Remind us that we need to encourage and breathe life. And speak life into people. And we declare that it is our desire to do that. And so I bless your people in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.